Hey there. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about something super important, but a little bit different. I want to talk to you about burnout and how to avoid it and what to do about it with one of my good friends, Jennifer Bassman. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Course Creators HQ podcast, helping you navigate the latest techniques for creating and marketing online courses. And now here is your host, Julie Hood. So every time I get finished with my challenge and the 24-hour course creator launch, I have to be super, super careful not to hit this burnout stage where I just don't want to do anything. And so I thought it might be helpful for you today to talk with my good friend and coach, Jennifer Bassman, who specifically helps people with this issue and trying to avoid it. She has an incredible email newsletter, so make sure you grab the freebie and uh, you may even want her journal. So we dove into all kinds of topics. It's kind of a longer episode, but we had so much fun chatting. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did because we not only talked about burnout, we also talked about tackling perfectionism and people-pleasing And then uh, even how to handle stress. And we sidebarred into what should you do with students if they're not a fit for your course. So lots and lots of goodies in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Also, obviously, we are not doctors. We're not giving medical advice. This is just information for you and definitely go see your own healthcare providers if there's more attention or anything that you need. Also, we did have a couple cuss words that slipped out. (laughs) So if you have kids listening, just wanted to give you a heads up. This might not be the episode to have them listening. So enjoy. I hope you like this episode and get some good advice. All right, gang. I am so excited to have Jennifer Bassman with us today. She is my burnout coach and so I'm thrilled to have her sharing some of her secrets with us. I, I twisted her arm and got her to tell us some things that we could do to prevent and help and avoid burnout because I know it's something my course creators deal with more often than we want to admit, honestly. So Jennifer, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Julie, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I love talking about stress with stressing everybody out and burning every, <laughs> burning y'all out. Yes. And um, we have been friends on Clubhouse for a long time now. So we always have good rooms on there together. So I know this is going to be so much fun. And I'd love oh. to just jump in because you have so much good stuff for us. How do we actually spot if burnout is about to happen how do we spot it? Because I think that's the first thing, isn't it? For some people, like they don't even realize like, oh my gosh, I'm burned out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Spotting it's kind of tough because the typical symptoms kind of look like a variety of things. It could look like you're just exhausted. It could look like you've just had a bad day. It could also look, you know, somewhat like depression. Um, but, you know, you're, you have an inability to concentrate. You can't focus. And these are things that you were, and when I give you this list, these are things that you were able to do before, or these were things that were not happening. And burnout isn't just one of these things. There's usually a combination of at least 
two, three, four, five of them that are happening that are really starting to tear you up. Like you're having, you get to the point where none of your coping mechanisms are working on any of these things. So an inability to concentrate um, when you're usually pretty good at focusing. Um, you're irritable and impatient with people. Um, and this goes, even if you are an irritable or impatient person by trade, which some of us are, um, this goes beyond that. This is like literally one more person asks me one more effing thing. I'm, I'm going to blow kind of like reaction to everything that comes your way. Uh, there's a lack of energy, uh, especially consistent energy to be productive or do the things that you used to enjoy doing, or at least didn't mind doing. Um, because, you know, we don't all 100% love 100% of our jobs, right? There's probably 20 to 30% that you could take or leave. <laughs> but when I would say 75% of your job becomes just too much, like you just can't get out of bed to do it. We got to take a look at that. Um, you don't find any satisfaction in achievements, things that you've accomplished, even if it's like you getting your to-do list done for the day, which so few of us actually, you know, finish those, <laughs> right? Um, your sleep has gone to crap. Most of my clients, when it comes to sleep, they describe being able to fall asleep, but not stay asleep. So they'll wake up at least once, maybe twice a night. And it's like around that 2.30, 3am time. And then your brain kicks in and you have trouble shutting it down. Um, this one's my favorite. This was one of my burnout markers for myself was, um, cynicism is through the roof. I mean, I'm, I've got a dry sense of humor. I am a sarcastic person, but it turned mean. Like I was just mean. It was funny, but it was mean. <laughs> <laughs> so how did this um, all come up for you then? You were saying that that's what happened. Like when did, what, how, what was your story? So I owned, um, I've owned small businesses for 23 years now and, um, it best I can tell because it's really hard to tell when burnout starts, um, because we adapt to stress so easily, you know, we just kind of ignore and start using coping me mechanisms that can usually take us, you know, through quite a long time. So we can, you know, we can handle things. So we don't always notice when stuff happens, but I would say probably around 2000, eight ish. Um, I really kind of hit a wall. Um, I was really struggling, um, to get through my days. Uh, I wasn't sleeping. I was anxious all the time. My brain just wouldn't shut off. Um, I noticed my cynicism was creeping through like things that I used to be able to keep in my head were now coming out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> yeah. Not always good. Um, so my filter was gone. Um, my concentration was terrible. Uh, and I just really was having trouble getting out of bed in the morning. I couldn't get excited about the business that I had created and, you know, put my heart and soul into. And um, that business was dogs. I owned a dog daycare in a resort and it just, I just kind of got to this point where I just hit this wall where I just literally, so by about 2010, I just couldn't function anymore. And I had to sell the business, oh, wow. um, which was, you know, a blessing. Like it ended up being the exact right thing to do. And I, and I have to preface this by saying that it's not always the right choice. <laughs> 
Um, yes. You don't tell everybody um, to quit, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't tell everybody to quit. That's not always the answer. Um, for me, that was the answer. Um, just the severity, um, the environment, the business partners. Like there was just kind of this, for a lack of a better term, shit storm that was kind of happening around me. That um, coupled with my stress levels was just not making it a productive, happy, or um, even profitable place for me to be. Um, so what I had started to notice um, really was just this, all this anxiety that I hadn't, I started having panic attacks, oh, um, no. which was new for me. Um, I, uh, you know, so by about 2010, um, after I had, you know, signed the paperwork, walked away, um, I was kind of left with this, well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? And I didn't even know at the time it was burnout. I just thought at the time, I thought I was just a failure who couldn't handle stress, who couldn't handle running a business. Mm -hmm. um, burnout had not come up in the conversation at all. That just wasn't a thing. And so um, I had run across an article online um, that had talked about burnout. And I was like, this checks all the boxes. This is, and there was just that gut internal feeling. Oh my gosh, I've hit, I've hit what it is. This is, this is what is going, this is the problem. This is what's going on with me. This is why sleep isn't working. This is why, um, you know, getting out of that toxic environment still isn't solving my problems. Um, and so I started doing a little bit of research and back then there really wasn't much to find on the topic of burnout stress. Sure. Um, but I still hadn't done that equation, <laughs> you know, I knew that I knew, you know, based on what I had found that, um, burnout's the result of chronic stress over a long period of time from, you know, uh, emotional, physical, or, um, even mental, you know, mental tax, you know, uh, tasks or work. So I just really, when I started digging even deeper and started putting, you know, doing the math and finding, you know, more information and kind of building out the story and started testing, you know, some of the um, theories that I had about it, um, it became kind of this, holy crap, why isn't anybody talking about this? Why isn't this more of a story among entrepreneurs even because we put so much time and so much energy and so much heart into what we're doing. I mean, for, yes, for some people, it's all about the money, but for a lot of people, it's not. They're, their business is more than that. It's an extension of who you are and your personality. Um, it's like a baby. It's like having a cute <laughs> yeah. little baby. Um, so it's, you know, you know, so I finally, finally, you know, came around to the fact that I wasn't a failure. I was just burned out. And um, have spent the last 13 years, actually, so this was about 2010 when I started, you know, researching and started pulling more information together. Um, I've spent the last 13 years researching it and asking questions and um, testing some theories. You know, I, in the beginning, everybody was like, self-care, 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 take a vacation, take time off, take breaks. And it's like, you know, in theory, that stuff should work, you know, but it doesn't. And it's not that it's the wrong answer for burnout. It's not that you shouldn't be practicing self-care. But what I discovered over the years is that there's kind of a kind of a process we have to go through. Mm -hmm. And um, I also noticed that we were treating the surface 
problems. Um, everybody thinks that they're burned out because of their job. Um, and that's not necessarily true. Your job can be um, a sign, a symptom of an underlying issue. So for me, what I discovered is my underlying issues that burned me out um, were my perfectionist and people-pleasing tendencies. Um, uh... and coupled with and mix in some um, unrealistic expectations in there. And it just made for a very stressful, unmanageable environment. So um, kind of discovering that and treating those things was like, huge light bulb moment, Um, you know, going and digging down to the root cause of what's actually burning, you know, burned me out. And then I went and tested that on a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of my clients said, Hey, let's, let's attack your burnout this way. And it worked far more often than it didn't. (laughs) I love that. And there's so many good things you said there, but I want to pull out the perfectionist piece of it because a lot of the folks that I work with really, that comes up for them a lot. They're trying to create Mm -hmm. their course. They're trying to make it perfect. They have this high expectation that they, you know, in order to be an expert, that's where they need to go. And girl, same. (laughs) Yeah. I used to be that way. And then I guess it was probably a burnout episode when my son was a baby and I literally was not sleeping when he was three months old. And I'm like, I am going to self-destruct if if I don't do something here and part of what I had to do was just say it's not I remember specifically he was three months old it was Christmas it was our first Christmas as a family and we I was trying to have this perfect experience for us as a, you know perfect first Christmas it was a nightmare yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. what do we do if we're in that perfectionist piece of the puzzle what do you yeah. oh, this is a great question um First is understanding that you're there, understanding what perfectionism is, because perfectionism, I think, is kind of misunderstood. We think that it's about being organized and having everything in its place. And that's only like a part of it. Um, there's really some deeper issues with perfectionism, like unrealistic expectations, like you were man, you know, you were talking about unrealistic standards, you have very limiting beliefs about the way things are or the way things should be. Um, you have some control issues <laughs> that are <laughs> well, maybe just a little <laughs> a couple. Um, so it's, it's getting, first of all, it's getting a better understanding of what perfectionism actually is and what parts of it you're participating in because not all perfectionists operate the same way or on the Uh same level. And it's not always as severe for some of us as it is for others. Um, Mine was, I would say in the fair to middle and severeness area. Um, And it's still something, the one thing I also want to say is perfectionism is something you're going to continue to work on for the rest of your life, like managing it and people pleasing as well. Those are things that are intrinsic parts of your personality um, that you just have to figure out how to get under control. What are the mindset um, strategies that are going to work best for you to help you manage when, you know, something doesn't turn out the way that you think that it should, or people don't show up in the way that you wanted them to, Um, or your podcast, you know, doesn't get edited, you know, by, by a certain deadline. Um, How are you going to learn to handle those things? And, you know, also 
what really helped me too was having two trusted friends in the beginning. It was just one. Now I have two friends that I gut check myself with frequently. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to check my expectations because they're very, they're very polar opposite of me almost. And just how they see things. And, um, they do a really good job of being honest with me. Um, which means I have to, if I want this honesty, I have to be equally as open-minded, right. And accepting of feedback that I don't necessarily want to hear. Um, but they, you know, kind of help me check my ex keep my expectations in check I should you know and standards in check so to speak um it, usually the conversation starts off like am I crazy just want to <laughs> check something out with you that's usually how those they know something like that's coming um and you know people pleasing kind of works the same way too you know if you're somebody that really um you know people pleasing is kind of based on a fear of not being liked and you know people not um, understanding you or not hearing you and just always wanting to do you, your love language is doing for others and ignoring yourself and your own needs and, and, you know, getting a, um, sponsor, so to speak, I guess, um, you know, that kind of helps you keep some of that behavior in check. You know, um, a great example of that is another friend of mine who we worked on some events together, um, I, you know, kind of gave, went down, went through my to-do list to make sure that we were covering everything. And she just kind of looked at me like, a lot of that's not your responsibility. Why are you doing that? <laughs> like, you know, um, people are grown ass adults. We need to talk about this and allow, you know, you aren't supposed to, you know, and she really um, helped me understand where my micromanaging was coming from. It wasn't intentional on her part. That wasn't what she was, but having that conversation with her of seeing what people actually expected of me and from me was groundbreaking. It was so much wow. less, you know, like I was delivering up here, felt like I consistently had to deliver up here to keep people happy. And it was really down here was where people's wow. expectations were. So yeah, having, I mean, and with those two things, I, I love talking about it that way. And I know when I was coaching with you too, that was one of the things I loved from you is you're really good at validating like, okay, this is how you're feeling. And I get why you feel this way. And that to me, just hearing that from someone is so helpful. Like you're not crazy. You're not, <laughs> it totally makes sense. I see why you're there. And then you take us to that next step and you help me figure out like, here's how to handle it. So you're so good at that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's really easy to get gaslit in this world, you know, especially with clients, you know, because there's a lot of competition for us out there. And so I think we feel a lot of pressure, you know, to perform a certain way or to, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, forgive me. Uh, but really it's, I think we just, we want to make customers happy or we're afraid they're going to go somewhere else. And so we start get, we get into this vicious cycle of trying to retain business and retain clients at our own expense. And, you know, there's nobody there <laughs> when you're, you're in charge, when you're the business owner and you're worried about the bottom line, there's nobody there to help you with those boundaries and say enough is enough. And I have gotten really good at saying, you're not a fit for me, or this isn't working out. You need to find somebody else. 
um, those became very key phrases to practice and get comfortable with uh, because you spend most of your time with your clients trying to make them happy. And a lot of, a lot of clients have very unrealistic expectations. Uh, yes. And I remember when I first started, I specifically remember this one client and spending just hours and hours with him initially, even before he had bought anything. And I was like, yeah. okay, this is not how I, this cannot continue. <laughs> this is not sustainable. Yeah. And so I, I'm with you. I, it has taken some practice and taken some advice and like knowing specifically what to say, I think is also something. And you really help people with that, with your course. So tell us about the course a little bit too, because it's so good on helping, you know, okay, we've spotted and we've checked off a bunch of your boxes. <laughs> well, uh, tell us about sure. the course. Yeah. So the course is called the burnout recovery core, the burnout recovery method, which is based on my, a method that I uh, trademarked about, you know, it's a specific path to recover from burnout. And what I've been really proud of when it comes to using this, this recovery method is that it seems to adjust nicely and adapt nicely to people's, you know, needs, their specific path that they need to go down. Um, but the first thing that, you know, we need to do is figure out what it is that actually burned us out. So we spend time initially figuring out what the root cause of your burnout actually is. Otherwise, you're going to be trying to treat the wrong thing. And that's where people end up spinning their wheels and getting frustrated. Um, or they, you know, it's, it's like when you go and you take a vacation and you come back and you feel rested, but then 10 minutes into your work day, you're like, you just feel <laughs> all that venom and stress bubbling up. <laughs> it's because you didn't, yeah, you didn't get to that root cause. So we spend time getting to that. Um, and even, and I, I do also want to say, even if you don't get to the right root cause, because sometimes we got to dig, like, we'll find a cause that's actually accurate. But then as we start working on that root cause, we dig a little deeper and we find something else uh -huh. um, that you're like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that because we're not totally aware of all the things, you know, all of our habits, right? Um, and that was something I found with myself. Um, the people pleasing and the perfectionism um, was a recent, a recent being, you know, within the last five, six years, like, oh, you know, like it's more than not, you know, working, you know, paying attention and focusing on my strengths. It's, you know, this is, this is where my expectations are. This is what's ruining everything. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So the and, course then can help us work through some of that. Yeah. So we take that root cause and then we start working on, you know, we start pulling it apart. We look for the specific behaviors. We look for the specific um, situations. Um, we also look at how um, those interact with your job. Um, so by the time there's five modules total. So by the time we get to the third module, um, we're that's really where we start to look at, do I need to quit my job, sell my business, go do something else? Um, because you need to figure out yourself. You need to figure out what makes you tick, what's going on inside of you before you can look and say, you know what? It's the job. It's my boss. It's my coworkers. It's my employees. It's my vendors, you know, who, client, whatever it is, um, because we are so quick to point the finger outside of us before we do the internal work and really kind of 
you know, clear away the excuses and we're honest with ourselves about what we're really doing that's contributing to the stress in our lives. Um, so once you can get that part of it under control, it's a lot easier to see. <laughs> okay. Um, and a lot of people have made um, these decisions based on what they read online about their, you know, their jobs. And this is messing with your career. You know, it's so easy to say, quit your job and do something else. But you may ha actually have a great job. It's just that, you know, you weren't able to focus on your strengths and your talent, your natural strengths and talents. You were, you know, over here doing something, you know, completely different. Or you find yourself just constantly immersed in busy work because you don't know how to delegate. Or, um, you know, you have a boss that you just haven't been communicating with or you have or an employee that you haven't learned how to communicate with. Um, so it's kind of looking at how looking at being able to look at your role in the situation a little bit more objectively. Um, and I think that it saved a lot of people a lot of grief, you know, from having to start over again going, OK, you know what, this is the right job, wrong company or. Oh, this is the kind of employee I should be managing or I actually want versus what I'm actually hiring, or this was my discovery. Um, I shouldn't be managing employees. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just eliminate it completely. Right. <laughs> there, yes. There needs, there needs to be that buffer. I need to have that person that will manage people for me because I don't have the patience for it. It's not that I, I don't like employees. Um, I don't like managing them. Um, I, you know, I, just it's not in my wheelhouse to explain things over and over and over again. Um, I was looking at the things that were frustrating me, you know, making a list of all the things that were frustrating me and pissing me off. And, um, you know, there were certain things that were like, girl, that's that's what it takes to manage an employee. If you don't want to do it, then somebody else needs to. <laughs> Well, and I want to pull out there what you said is you made that list of what was actually mm -hmm. frustrating you instead of just, yeah. I know a lot of times I'll go to, I'm tired and I don't want to do this. And then that's as far as I go with it. And you can't really fix that. That's right. not the right. place where you can do anything yet. So you make that list. I love that. So yeah. you get down to yeah. the details. And and even if you're not the boss, like I recognize some people are going to be listening to this that aren't the boss, you know, you don't have as much control over what's happening to you. And I totally understand that. But what's not happening most of the time is the communication between the boss and the employee. Um, you know, I know I wasn't hearing my employees all the time when they were talking to me. Um, so if there had been that buffer between the two of us, we could have had some completely different conversations and completely different relationships, possibly in certain cases. Um, so it's a matter of being very clear with what you do and you don't want to do um, and going in solution oriented, armed with, you know, the idea of how to communicate with another human being. And sometimes that might take somebody else intervening to make that happen. Um, so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're going, great. Yeah. I can, I can really delegate Jennifer. That's going to happen. Um, <laughs> that may not happen, you know, and there, you know, the other part of that is right job, right job, wrong company. Right. So you may need to go do that job for somebody else that has different requirements for what you're doing. So there's more than one solution to this is basically what I'm saying.
And I would throw into right service, wrong clients. Cause I yes. have went through yes. a lot of those through the years too, where I was like, wow, I said yes to this. And so now I've kind of got my checklist of when I'm considering people, you know, if you're going to be a person who says, oh, I've already done that and it doesn't work, then we're not a good fit. Cause I don't handle yeah. that well. Like I yeah. need people who are open. So I think when, especially younger creators and and younger folks you haven't experienced this stuff yet so you don't have your list <laughs> so you can have one started you can have one started and i will say with course creators you know there are going to be clients that take your course that it's not a fit for them so you need to have a plan of action of what to do with them you know do you That's how true. do you cut them you know how do you cut them off how do you cut them off professionally and where are you going to send them you know, because they came to you because they have a problem and, you know, they're sticking it out because they think they don't have any other choice. Well, who else is going to help me? You know, who else does this? Um, they've built a certain level of comfort with you. Like there are people that come to me that are clearly burned out. They meet most of my criteria, but there's a mindset issue um, that they're just not willing to work on and it makes it a bad fit for both of us. Uh, so, you know, it's being how able to you... recognize. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just curious, how do you handle that? Because I think this also gets into refund policy a little bit. So maybe yes. we'll go there just because I get folks asking about that, yeah. especially yeah. when your students decide it's not a fit. Um, how do you particularly handle it? Um, right now I'm small enough that I can have the conversation. Well, why do you need a, re why do you want a refund? Why do you need a refund? Um, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, I got into this course and it's just, it's not connecting for me. Um, you know, they're actually having a conversation where they're communicating with me and saying, this is why this isn't working. Um, I am a lot more likely to be empathetic and understanding and say, here, here's your money back because I don't want you to struggle. It's not worth it. I don't want anybody to struggle. But if somebody comes to me and says, um, I just don't have the money for this right now. Well, I, that's a different story. I know that's hard, but you know, I don't have the way my course is set up. You can sign up for it at any time. <laughs> you know, it's not just offered twice a year. Um, you know, it's, Poor planning on your part that you're trying to turn into my emergency um, or make my problem. And, you know, that for me is a lot harder to digest in terms of offering a refund or accepting that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you really need to, what I've done is I've really had a conversation with myself. Um, you know, it sucks to lose money. It sucks to have to give money back. Um, it sucks to not be a fit for somebody because you want everybody to love you and like you, but it, we're not all for everyone. I'm not for, I, I recognize hundred percent. I'm not for everybody. Um, the way I coach, the way I think about things, the way that I talk about things, I cuss. Um, I know that that's not for everyone. Um, but I, you know, you're not going to, if my ultimate goal is I want actually want you to recover from burnout and I actually want you to get your stress managed, what good does it do to force you to stay in my course unwillingly, <laughs> just creating stress, right? Um, than to let you go. And sometimes, you know, we need to adjust our refund policy um, to sometimes it'll be a partial refund. You know, mm -hmm. I see a lot of refund 
refund um, policies that are all or nothing. Um, there's there's a gray area in there where you can say, look, you've been in this course for 50% of the duration, or you've gone through 50% of the course, and now you're telling me, you know, you're this isn't for you. Hey, I'm still, you know, you're still using my ex time and expertise um, that I deserve to be paid for. So, um, you know, there's also considering that middle ground where right. maybe it's a partial refund. They don't get all their money back, but you know, I love that you're idea. Not to, you're not totally out, you know, the five hundred dollars that you know you were counting on being paid. And especially when you put time in with folks that way, that feels yeah. more validating of like, yes, I'm not the fit, but I did give them attention. So I want that to yeah. be recognized. So yeah, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. The other thing you do that I think is fantastic, especially for folks who are maybe not ready to jump into your course is you have a journal that helps them that they can get on Amazon and I think it's like what $30 or something like uh -huh. really inexpensive to get started. So when do we uh, tell us about the journal a little bit? So anybody who's interested, I will have all the links in the show notes so you can go get one, but I loved it. I saw it before you got it printed and it is primo fantastic. The layout is so calming and everything, but what kind of, what was your intention for Thank the journal you. for folks? It's I'm so good. Blushing. Yeah. I'm blushing. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, um, I, the journal is called unstuck and unstressed. Um, and it's a journal for people that need peace in their life. Um, and it's very cheeky. Um, it's got, it's my, my sarcastic sense of humor about burnout and stress and stress management and the world around us. Um, it, it shines through in this journal. Um, you will definitely hear my voice. So if you want to know what it's like <laughs> to work with me, um, without, uh, you know, a, a significant investment, then this $30 journal is perfect. Um, it's all about learning how to build an awareness of your stress so that you can manage it. We are, I don't know very many people that are very aware of how much stress is really going on and where it comes from, what triggers it. And so this journal, if you'll spend 28 days with it, which is like a dollar a day, y'all, um, <laughs> if you'll spend 28 days with it, um, you will go back at the end of the 28 days and you can see a pattern. You can see where your stress is coming from. And more often than not, we're really surprised at what's triggering it. It actually, the trigger is something else. You know, it started before the actual stressful, what turned out to be the stressful event or the event where you finally blew your lid. So, um, you know, it's, it's easy. It, it takes you less than I'd say probably 10 minutes a day is what people are now telling me it takes them to use, you know, to go through it every day. Um, it just depends on how much you want to write. Even if you're not a journaler, this is a great journal for you too. It's, it's designed to go both ways. If you want to spill your guts out, or if you just want to circle stuff and fill things in, um, you know, or you don't mind reading questions and just kind of actively thinking about it in your brain for a few minutes and then moving on, you know, it still helps serve that purpose. Um, but if you are somebody that's burned out, you need to get, there's no way to recover without getting a handle of your stress levels. And you can't get a handle on your stress levels until you're aware of what they actually are. Oh, so good. 
And I know we're we're going over time, but I just love talking to you. I know this is going to be so I love helpful. Talking to you too. <laughs> so I have one I last you thing that I want to, um, if you don't mind sharing with us, and that is, are there some things we can do prevention wise? Like I know you have a bunch of resources for us. What we once we hit this, oh my god, I fell apart and I'm burned out. But is are there a few things that you would help to kind of prevent getting to that place to begin with? <laughs> Yes. Yes. I, you know, I'm going to give you the things that I wish somebody had done for me. Um, you know, the first thing is, you know, building an awareness of your time and your energy, how you use both of them. Um, because we take, we take for granted that they exist. Um, and you know, while you can refill your energy wells, you cannot get time back. Um, so becoming very conscious of how you're using your time usually means up, you become very conscious of how you are using your energy as well, because you're not going to want to piss away time on something you don't enjoy doing. Right. So time, you know, under having that understanding of what that means to you, um, and how you, you use it is a big preventative measure. Um, so building some awareness there, also building stress management into your daily routine is a great preventative, um, measure, um, you know, learning, okay, I start to hit a lull at this point. And instead of trying to push through and finish something, be better if I took, you know, five, 10 minutes and took a break. Um, you know, because we don't, a lot of us, and I include myself because I have to catch myself doing this. My dogs are really good at interrupting me, um, and going, Oh, you need to go outside with us now. Let's go. You've been sitting here too long. (laughs) I've learned, I've learned to listen to them more often. They're very wise, my dogs. Um, (laughs) but you know, building, you know, fun back into your day as adults, we are horrible at having fun. We don't think we need it. But having fun actually helps spur creativity. It helps build your confidence. It helps um, helps you rejuvenate faster. It helps you rebuild your energy faster. Um, you know, it helps keep your stress levels in check, y'all. So plan fun. If not every day, plan it into your week a couple of times a week where you go spend time with a friend, you work on a hobby that you enjoy, um, but have some fun. This doesn't mean, you know, you have to like, take an entire day and go to amusement park, you know, it's, you know, what is it that you enjoy doing? Go do it, go have some, you know, blow off some steam, so to speak. Um, And then the, let's see, that's at least two or three things right there. So the third or fourth thing, um, you know, like I said, build your awareness to your stress levels. We don't know. We just don't. Um, And before we know it, it's out of control. Stress is very sneaky in how it operates in our bodies. Um, Not in which makes it make stress really dangerous. That's why you hear people like me, you hear doctor, I'm not a doctor, but you hear doctors and therapists and all kinds of people screaming about your stress levels because they make you sick. Um, They affect everything. Those stress hormones that are fired off when your stress response is kicked off, um, they can do a lot of damage when they go unchecked. Having some stress in your life is normal. It's a natural part of, you know, how things go. But when you don't keep, you know, your stress levels in check, meaning that you know how to cut it off, you know how to recognize it. And then you also know how to cut it off. You can interrupt your stress response and, you know, in a matter of seconds, even just by laughing, and lower your stress levels. So 
Wow. You know, being aware that you're stressed out. What are your signals? Shoulders up to your ears. Are you gritting your teeth? Are you, you know, do you have some nervous tics? What, what is your body's way of telling you that you're stressed out and build your awareness to that? Um, because the biggest thing you can do is, you know, burnout is all about chronic stress that didn't get managed. So getting your stress managed and under control and learning how to deal with it, recognize it and deal with it is going to be critical to you not becoming burned out. I love that. And I think I said, you said to me once and, and, you know, correct me if I've got this wrong, but the stress hormones mess with the way our brains are working, right? Yes. So it makes it harder. I can't remember. It makes it harder to have one piece of it. Fill in the blanks for me. (laughs) I'm like, did I say that? Um, I I said 10 minutes ago. Um, Yeah. So what stress is doing inside of your body. um, So when you, when your stress response kicks off, um, it's directing blood everywhere, but your brain. So, which means, yeah. Right. So you, you know, that the, um, o- the levels of oxygen and blood that you're used to having to operate, uh, you know, to have coherent thoughts, to make good decisions, to make sound decisions, um, to think through, you know, problems, it's harder to do when you're stressed out. I mean, think about it, you know, think about like when you're under the gun, um, you know, and you're just kind of doing this thing where you're going back and forth in your brain, do I do this, do I do that? you know, and like you're, your brain doesn't have any power to regulate itself. And so what you have to do is bring that blood flow and that oxygen back to your brain. So it's not, your brain isn't just swimming in the stress hormones that your body is sending up to it. Basically this is very unscientific and this is not, (laughs) I mean, the way I think about it is that basically your blood and oxygen is being replaced by stress hormones, which are basically creating a lot of fuzz So when you're stressed out, your clarity is nearly gone. That's why you have trouble having creative ideas. That's why you have trouble making decisions. Um, You know, that's where decision fatigue comes from. By the end of your day, um, you've made thousands of decisions consciously and, and unconsciously. So by, you know, the time you get to dinner and you're like, I don't know what I want. Why do I, you know, and you're <laughs> tired and you've got some stress, you know, your stress levels are probably the highest that they're going to be at throughout your day. And so that's why your brain can't even make a basic decision about what you want for dinner. I so, think that is so huge. I hope everybody caught yeah. that, that your brain is just not getting enough oxygen and blood. And that's why everything feels so impossibly hard at least for me yeah. that's where I would go to and be like yeah how come I can't be smarter about this <laughs> <laughs> why is this not working right now and and that's you know when I have trouble speaking I think that's a really big trigger sign for me is when the words aren't coming to me that I'm tired I'm exhausted um and I'm my stress levels are probably raised more than they should be Um, so I have a harder time with the combination of those two actually having a coherent conversation or telling you exactly what I think. Um, you'll hear me say, God, what's the word for that? About 75 times in a two minute conversation. Um, (laughs) yeah, but you know, our our bodies, you know, are basically still operating on caveman, you know, on caveman time. So it used to be that the biggest stress in our life was, eating and running away from danger. And so our bodies, the way evolution worked is that all of our 
blood and oxygen went to our extremities so that we could feed our, you know, we could go hunt for food or run away from the wild lion or bear that was chasing us. And we just have our, we just haven't evolved <laughs> to the more modern threats, you know, that are being posed at us. Um, so, you know, knowing that about yourself and knowing that that's kind of what's happening in your brain can also, you know, inside your body can also help you, you know, recognize your stress response. Like I just said, I, I know because what's not getting served up to my brain, um, my speech becomes <laughs> incoherent. My ideas are lost. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, I just got to go, you know? Um, and the other thing to know about your brain is that your brain loves certainty. It does not love uncertainty. It wants to know things. And so it gets very stressed out when it's in unfamiliar territory because it's mm. seeking certainty. So, you know, that's, if you're creating a new course and you are, or you're getting on social media to start marketing your course, um, you know, and you're trying, your brain is really fighting back going, well, you don't have any data on that. You don't know for sure that people are going to watch your videos or come by your course. Um, your brain is fighting you because it's looking for certainty. And so you need to find a way to take a deep breath and say, Hey brain, I know this isn't what you want right now, but this is what, you know, this is the process. This is and, you know, I kind of talk myself down or talk my brain down from its panic attacks, you know, by saying, mm. hey, I, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if this damn course is going to sell. Uh, but, you know, here's what I do know needs to be done or has been done by other successful course creators to sell their course. And I'm going to go do those things. Um, and that provides it some of the certainty that it's hungering for and gets you also gets your stress levels to to calm down too. Calm down. I'm glad you mentioned that because especially trying to launch, I think it's one of the most yeah. challenging times to get in front of folks and share your stuff. And especially as a brand new course creator, if people haven't been through it yet, like yeah. it is, it's a lot for your brain. So see, and, the, and that's why you get phone calls from me, Julie. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, this has been so good. And I totally went over our time, but I hope you don't mind because your stuff is oh so good. Oh my gosh, good. not at all. Thank you. Not at all. I really enjoyed this. This was fun. And thank you to everybody that's listening. Yeah. And make sure you guys get on Jennifer's email list and check out her stuff. I'll put all the links in the show notes for you because like I said, she helped talks me off the ledge all the time. <laughs> I don't and know. I talk about yeah. And I, I also want to say, I talk about a lot of the stuff that most people don't want to talk about, or at least right. acknowledge is happening, especially a lot of other burnout coaches. They kind of scratch the surface on some stuff. And um, I'm a business owner and I don't have time for BS and I know you don't either. And so, you know, I really try to dig deep on some of the issues that we as business owners face. So um, I've really worked hard to make it worth your time to be part of my community and be part of my, my email list as well. So don't yeah. sleep on that. <laughs> and definitely because I read through your stuff and I'm like, it's like a little relaxation pill. I'm like, Oh, she totally <laughs> gets it. And this is what I can do. Cause you have kind of that balance of like, not only knowing your students, but you give us, concrete things to do which I love you know sometimes you. you don't get both of those from coaches and so I love that so thank yeah. you so much. oh I love hearing that thank you thank you I love that feedback thank you
Appreciate it and um, have a wonderful week. And thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you grab Jennifer's free stuff and get on her list and check out her course and her journal because it's so good. I know it will help all of you perfectionists and and uh, over burned out folks out there. Overachievers, <laughs> all you overachie- high achievers. Yes, yes. So we can still, we want to be um, successful and enjoy our lives while we're at it. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Julie, so much. You know how much I adore you and your podcast is amazing. And if y'all don't listen to Julie and do what Julie tells you to do and buy Julie's course as well and get on her email list, you're missing out. She's, you've been a God, (laughs) you've been a godsend to me as well, sister. So thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Thanks, Julie.